It's cool to have Hallowed on the antidote for a talk. Thanks so much for coming to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always want to hear about an artist's background. How did making music begin for you? So when I was in sixth grade, my mom got me a guitar for Christmas. And I was always into music as a kid, but I always wanted to play guitar. And I remember as a kid, I wanted to get guitar lessons, but the teacher who was my sister's violin teacher said I was too young to play. So when I was 16, I got a guitar and I was ecstatic. And I remember just picking it up and right away improvising on it. And then I always wanted to start a band. And in seventh grade, my dad gave me the Led Zeppelin Mothership album. <laughs> right. And uh, from there, it was kind of just never looked back to the unmusical side of my life, you know? Okay, you've got to tell me then. How old were you with your first band? Ooh, I was about 12 years old. You know, it was there's my friend who lived down the block. We were in middle school together. His dad was actually in this heavy metal band in the 80s. So they were really supportive of us playing because. I can imagine being a parent and having your kids just making noise. Um, <laughs> so it was me, him, and this other guy who played bass and synthesizer. And we made pretty, you know, music you would expect from middle schoolers. But it did pretty well, and we played shows, and, you know, we would go to the mall and hand out flyers with a picture of us on it, you know, trying to look all cool. That's like 2009 so we all had this scene kid haircuts and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, then we were playing shows and it was pretty cool looking back on it is I was 13 years old trying to put shows together, which we did a couple that we set up on our own. Because at that time, if you were to play a show, you had to pay to play, which is such a big scam. Oh, wow. You have to sell 20 tickets. And the tickets you sell after that, you get to keep the money. So basically, you had to just pay like $200 each time to play at these venues. It's amazing that you kept at it. Yeah. So that was the early days. But now we got to talk about the Hallowed Era. So the earliest Hallowed songs that I came across released in 2020. Does this mean that Hallowed was a COVID baby? Um, In a sense... It sort of materialized around 2019 out of a result of being sick of being in bands because my creative process was really skewed from being in bands because I would wait for the band to come to write the songs. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't just write and flesh out a song all on my own. I wanted to show it to the band, write it in person. And I use an analogy of being in a band as sort of like being married to four people at once. And it's really difficult because you all have to you have to mix everyone's schedule. You have to get everyone to agree on things. So after doing that for a while and all the problems that come with bands and bandmates, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to record my own music. And then when COVID happened, I really was just writing songs about what was going on because music is a way for me to, to express how I feel. It's really cathartic. And I was like, you know what? I always sort of held back with stuff because I was kind of scared. Oh, how would people perceive me with what I'm singing about? And I always loved emotional music. So it's like, wait, well, I'm just going to make the music I like talking about the things that I want to talk about. 
And <laughs> there you go. Well, let's talk about one of those, I guess, effectively emo releases. And that was the EP Sad Songs to Lock Yourself in the Room to. And you really weren't kidding. Like, these aren't just sad. Like, I mean, they're brutally sad. Yeah. Like the song 24 Years Old. When it says, put my hopes in a nursing home, passion in a hospice, will to succeed has a DNR. What was it that brought that on? Um, so that was a really sad time. 2020 was a really awful year. So my dad was basically dying of kidney failure and my mom was dying of cancer. Oh my. And couple that with just being a degenerate early 20s person who just finished college and realized that college was a holding center for four years where after four years you get release and don't have any work experience and you need to find jobs that all want work experience. So I donated a kidney to my dad and then my mom passed away about two months later and I remember releasing that EP like a few days before my mom died. You know, watching my mom wither away, it's one of like the hardest things anyone could go through. Like looking back on it, I sort of just wish that I knew my mom was going to pass away because when you're in that situation, you don't really think that this is it. This is going to happen. That definitely played a huge role into it. And um, that theme is in a lot of songs. And just overall, just feeling really useless at that time because you get released out of college where college is just a dopamine roller coaster Mm -hmm. and now you're in the real world you're separated from all the people that were your friends and boom time to figure it out but yeah so i i put a lot of that what i was going through at the time into that it's almost like your songs were really being your emotional support Totally, 100%. Well, Kate, heading into a a lighter tone here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what I find interesting about Hallowed is that your musical style ranges all over the place. You don't like consistency? The only consistency I have is I consistently (laughs) pick up my guitar. (laughs) I don't know. I love so many different kinds of music. You know, I used to play classical guitar I love all styles. I'll be in the car, I'll listen to the Smiths, and then I'll listen to some new age rap, then I'll listen to metalcore. And there's certain bands that I'll listen to consistently. When I started this project, I kind of just wanted to make music that I felt at the time, and I didn't want to hold myself back. But with the consistency aspect, once I released this album, I kind of realized, like, okay... I want my music to go in a direction and I've kind of started to set foot into what sort of sound is going to happen, but definitely going to be a lot of surprises. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've already mentioned the name of the band and Hallowed brings in that an obvious influence, even if it's only on a single song, you got to tell us about the Smith's ripoff song. (laughs) I love that. So yeah, So when I sent you those files, I wish I went through them better because that's also imagine consistency when you're an artist and you have artists uh, scatterbrain. You just record a song, you name it, whatever you type out and then boom, then you bounce it. But yeah, the song is called I Wish I Was Joking When I Said I Have a Great Big Hole in My Chest. (laughs) 
I don't know. Uh, I sort of like the Smiths ripoff song title. Because, yeah, you know, it basically is. Because I was learning how to play Big Mouth Strikes Back. And that's kind of where the riff came from. And uh, I'm not going to be like Greta Van Fleet and say, I don't know who the Smiths are. You know, like, if I rip off a Smith song and Morrissey finds out I exist, it would be great. <laughs> much as it might be a financial hardship. Well, you'd be at the top of the heap of social media. <laughs> yeah, like, not even that. Just, like, Morrissey is such a huge influence. And, like, he's the perfect, in, in my eyes, like, musician in a sense of his attitude to it. How he'll just, like, show up, play, go home, read. And a lot of people think he's a jerk. But you have to have a certain personality to really go through this stuff. Because when you're writing music and you pour your heart and soul into a song and some guy goes, this is terrible, it doesn't always resonate so nicely. So you need to get really thick skin. <laughs> and have you developed thick skin? Um, Yeah. It kind of started at the same time in middle school because music was just, you know, you're in control of what you're producing. I know so many people who are way better musicians than I'll ever be who won't release songs because they kind of just don't really want to show it. This is, a, I guess, a weird analogy, but your music is sort of almost like being seen like just purely in the flesh. Mm -hmm. It's like you ate the forbidden fruit and now you want to cover up. Well, being seen, I mean, it's like walking around naked because yeah. you often reveal so much about yourself in a song. For sure. Well, I have to say that I think you really might be one of the most opinionated guests I've ever had on The Antidote. <laughs> because you must have annoyed some people with the Novus Punk album. I mean, the government and health officials wanted everyone to jump on board with their COVID mandates. But doesn't look like you agreed no not at all like i have personal reasons too for being super angry about it aside from just there's a huge violation of human rights the government came in said okay you have to do this so now imagine you're in the hospital with your mother who's dying of cancer and they're like oh sir sorry you can't be here or stories of people whose loved ones they had to have their last words be spoken through through a walkie-talkie. Or they mm -hmm. had to see their loved ones at a nursing home through a window. And we're just supposed to forget about that. I mean, it makes me really heated because, you know, I couldn't even have a funeral for my own mother. We had to uh, watch from far away, even though it was outside. But we had to watch from a distance her casket get lowered in the ground. We couldn't even stand there and watch it. And it was just so many things, so many just normal human things that were really just stripped. I, I know that I'm definitely not the only person that sort of went through these things. And a lot of people were sort of scared to talk about it. Oh, you're crazy for thinking that stuff. But it's just the truth. And that's how I feel. <laughs> you hit a nerve with that one. <laughs> well, you should tell me now, were the COVID police pounding on your door telling you to take down your song the one that's called CDC. Um, I mean, they kind of just shadow banned it like they did with, I had a song that, that I released, um, in, it was just like a one-off single that got over a million views and it was 
talking about the uh, the anti-adult film industry, and that one got shadow banned. And it's pretty wild when you see certain things get traction and how the control that they can just click it off, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why we're the physical thing. It's If you sell a thousand records and people have a thousand records, no one can delete that from them unless they knock down their doors and like rip their records and burn them. (laughs) That's it. So I I pray to God that my files don't get uh, (laughs) destroyed because that wouldn't be so fun. For you personally, how did you handle the lockdowns? On the song Corona, it says that you didn't leave your house in 12 days. Yeah, it was just a lot of drinking, a lot of sitting on the computer, talking to people on the internet, a lot of social media, spending time with family, which is pretty nice, doing music stuff. But also it, it got to a point where, and I feel like this is, this is something that sort of happens because I was also unemployed at the time. You know, you get to a point where you become sort of content with laziness it's a morbid feeling to have, you know, just being stuck. You can't really go anywhere. People are scared that their skin's going to melt off if they go outside. <laughs> and and the best was my Oma, God rest her soul, she passed away uh, last year, but she, she would just be like, yeah, take me to the store. And I'd say, Oma, you're at risk. She'd say, I don't care. I just want to play cards. <laughs> <laughs> and you have all of these old people who their lives were just going to the church playing cards or, and that was interrupted. And so many people just, just died after that. Cause when you take away someone's purpose and something that they love to do, you know, you can really kill someone's spirit. But for you, I almost wonder if it wasn't making you angry. I mean, here it was, you actually themed the Nova's punk album effectively about COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that album was essentially a compilation of songs that I wrote over that span of time. Mm-hmm. So predominantly over the uh, 20, 2020 time. Like Billionaire's Boys Club was about Mike Bloomberg running for president. Um, all of like the current events. Because it was kind of fun to just... Something happens. You know what? Let me just put this in a song and make a really low-quality music video. <laughs> but it was a great quality album (laughs) i really appreciate that so then in 2021 hallowed brought out the i miss you ep and it does have more of an emo flavor you know compared to that post-punk of novus punk Mm -hmm. and it also gave another sad song what's the background story of the title track i miss you so yeah that song is just directly about my mom and that song was super sad. It was like at like my like lowest point. Because when COVID happened, I sort of just, you know, you dip into a hole and then, you know, tragedy strikes and you're just inside feeling really worthless. And um, that song was sort of like that and reflected like how I felt at the time. There was a quote from the show Smiling Friends in the beginning, which is a really funny show. And, it, and like the episode of the show was basically these two guys too, and their job is to go convince depressed people to cheer up. I don't know anything about that because I watch <laughs> almost zero television. Well, uh, that's good. <laughs> You're not missing much. 
is something that's interesting about Hallowed that I find in quite a few of your songs, you share about your faith, but you really put an emphasis on that on your latest release, the Dolorosa album. What was it that motivated you to do that? Well, I had sort of the skeleton of the album a long time coming, and I was trying to write about modernity. And during the process, basically from 2020 to 2022, a big a reversion back to the faith happened. Mm-hmm. As a reversion happened, you start to see the world a, di- a little bit differently. And the song Fear of Missing Out, when I say fear of missing out, missing out now, fear of missing out, missing out, baby, well, you're better off missing out. Because society sold its soul to Satan. You realize that the fear of missing out we have so much in modernity. Like, what are you really missing out on? You weren't part of this thing. There's just all of this group thing that's being pushed. So that song kind of tackled that aspect of it. I want to ask you a little bit more about fear of missing out. Because you already quoted the one line from it that really made an impact on me when you said, well, you're better off missing out, honey, because society sold its soul to Satan. And I mean, which it really got me. You weren't holding back at all. But I do see where you're coming from. But, you know, really the thing is, is that we're not hermits. We're all part of society. Mm-hmm. And how can you escape society? Well, it's about trying to build a better society. Because we're in it, but there are things that we don't have to take part in if we feel it goes against our, our intuition. Don't you find society is struggling even more and more all of the time now? Yeah, it's struggling a lot. And it's sort of like instead of looking outside, looking in and also looking up. So how would you see yourself on a personal level or from a faith aspect to be able to improve the society that we're living in? Well, I think of how, especially in the book of St. James, it talks about faith and works. And I'm by no means a perfect person whatsoever, and I'm a miserable sinner. But trying to live according to Scripture and trying to truly love God, and by loving God, loving His creations, which are others, and really trying to not let the sins of wrath take over your day to day, Because I feel like so often we get infatuated with material things. We're, you know, middle class and we got a lot of things growing up and whatnot. And you see how society that's getting better, it still has all the things, you know, that seems like it's making everything so great. But we're still somehow morally degrading in a sense. A lot of emphasis is focused now on trying to make as much money and work as much as physically possible. But what's more worth time? Spending time with someone who you love or making money to give to that person who you love and not being part of their life? Losing sight of, of what the what the true goal is, it's really easy to just get lost with that, you know? And it's really easier said than done, but it happens so much where it's disorienting some of the like the vices in life that can just take one over and then you realize wow i haven't seen my grandma in this much time and when something that you really like disappears you start to see 
see other situations a lot differently. Well, I do find it interesting that you're bringing in that faith aspect into your music. I got to tell you something that I find a bit surprising is that the antidote meets regularly with all kinds of Protestant artists who share about faith in their music. But it's pretty rare for me to have a chance to speak with a Catholic artist like yourself. You got any, any idea why that is? Uh, when I think of Catholic art, I think about how you look at the 1800s and 1700s and how a lot of this beautiful art was commissioned by the church and you have Catholic composers like Mozart, some of the most beautiful pieces that were composed in human history were faith-based and composed by Catholic artists or even Christian artists. And today, the, the emphasis has really been taken away from that. I, I love what I see in Protestant sects, especially Christian metalcore albums, because some of my favorite musicians growing up were Christian metalcore, because I listen to metal and it gets sort of the uh, the taboo that it's satanic. So then I went on my way to find Christian metal. Um, but the emphasis on art has really drifted away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pope John Paul II had a encyclical about artists. The way to win the culture war is by having culture. And I've just noticed there's been an extreme drift, especially with you know heterodoxy being more more common in Catholic circles. And it's hard because there's sort of this remnant of Catholicism where the church is being pulled in all different directions by different people. And for those who don't know, heterodoxy is just basically the antonym of orthodoxy. So beliefs against the faith. And you're in this sort of holy war within the church. And as Catholics, we believe we're, we're all in this one Catholic church And what's beautiful is it's not just the Roman Catholic Church. There's Byzantine Catholic. There's all these beautiful Eastern liturgies. Um, Byzantine Catholic's beautiful. I once went to a Syro-Malankara liturgy, and it's, you know, ancient liturgy, and it's so beautiful, Mm -hmm. and there's so much history. But the problem is people forget that man is fallen, and man gets into positions of power, and just because they're ordained or consecrated as bishops— doesn't change the fact that they're still human and Satan is trying to take these people over and uh, disillusion them. So I have to step up and also other Catholics need to step up and try and win back the culture because there was a lot more art before the 60s that was oriented in a Christian lens. And nowadays, what do you have? The Chosen show? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like anyone there who is faith-based really needs to step up and also be unapologetically faithful in your art because there are people out there that want to support artists that have the same message as you. And now it's all up to you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I got to put on my armor of God and uh, fight the good fight. Well, I want to pull in another song from Dolorosa, St. Catherine of Siena. And I really don't get something with the lyrics. Take a bath, you smell like mortal sin. you got to help me out with that line. Well, so the background of that is I was at a retreat and a priest was talking about St. Catherine of Siena and said that when she was alive, she would smell mortal sin on humans. But that's everyone. Everyone has sin. Yeah, but 
especially mortal sins, it would smell like rotting flesh, she said. And she was quoted as saying, take a bath, you smell like mortal sin. And so I thought that was so cool that she could smell that. I mean, that must have been quite the stench. But the word take a bath is basically saying, go to confession, go confess your sins, be healed, you know, ask for contrition. So that's where that came from. So you've styled Dolorosa as a concept album. So maybe I should get you to be critical. Do you think you've succeeded? Um, well, it would have been a better concept album if there were seven songs and they all represented the seven sorrows of Mary. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the album cover came after some of the songs came out. And writing an album compared to just releasing a song is such a totally different process because you can write a bunch of different songs in a bunch of different headspaces. But when you actually have a direction of what you want the sound to go to, you can't just put anything, you know? I can't have like a random just garage rock song on there. It would sound so out of place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now with my future stuff, like the next follow-up, which I'm going to do a 7-inch probably, and then like a big follow-up to Dolorosa, you're creating an atmosphere. It's just a totally different thing. And I, I wish people would appreciate albums start to finish more now like they used to back in the day because each song you're... Because you're piecing it together as if someone's going to literally listen to it from start to finish with the ebbs and flows of how the music goes. Yeah, the concept with the just the Catholicism aspect and Our Lady of Sorrows, because there's a lot of dark themes around it. Before we close this up, I want to bring in a final song. My thought is that Put Your Arms Around Me really sums up where your heart is. Was that your intention? Yeah. And that, that was a song written at a dark point. Because with the faith, I feel like secular people will tend to think that, oh, you're Christian, you're just happy all the time. It's just raindrops and roses. Ah. But it's not like that. You really have ebbs and flows. And I think in Dante's Infernal, despair is one of the center rings of hell. And it's one of the worst things because you think about what, what happens with despair. When someone totally gives up, they can do the worst thing possible to themselves. Mm -hmm. Like suicide comes out of despair. Just you've given up. And so with faith, there are moments of despair and it's hard to break out of them. And that song sort of encompassed with the words, put your arms around me and guide me, guide me, guide me always. It's just begging for Christ to just grab you and pull you out of this mess because we get hard on ourselves and people who struggle with scrupulosity i'm sure feel this all the time and they just feel so awful about consistently messing up and even just outside of stuff just feeling like you're just a mess up but just asking for the grace to be pulled out of that hallowed has been with the antidote you know what man thanks so much for this really great talk of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. First ever radio interview. <laughs>